Hi everyone, welcome to our second podcast of Free Devs and a Maybe. Uh, the podcast which is aimed at complete novices. Um, if you missed off... Great disclaimer. Sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. this is a podcast for people who are just getting into web development. This is not for people who, who are already PHP gurus or perhaps co-wrote Facebook or anything like that. So... If you're just looking to find a little bit more information on PHP, this is the podcast for you. So, if you missed our first week, uh, I, I did this podcast with three other guys: um, Fraser Hart, Ed Mann, and Lewis Keynes, three extraordinarily good web developers. So, uh, oh, thanks, Mike. Hey, guys, how was your week then? <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Epic weeks. Um, <laughs> yeah, my, uh, it's been very busy, busy time of year. Um, down in uh, Tunbridge Wells, um, coming up to Christmas and everything. Yeah, I've um, had about three or four things on the go for the last week, so it's been busy, um, but all good. The the weeks are flying by at the moment, so I uh, can't complain. Nice. Been working on an exciting project? Um, yeah, I'm working on one at the moment, actually. I'm building a, a website which tracks all of the domains that we host, um, which I think we'll send a link to the to the plugin thing that I found at the end of the show. Um but yeah, basically, it's uh, I've got to basically track all of the sites that we host and check when all the domains expire and all that. So, we've been building a program that hopefully will do all that dynamically because I've been uh, having to do it manually so far. So, it's an interesting challenge, but yeah, it's it's going all right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. I did check out that plugin that you recommended a few weeks ago. The uh, the maps one. Oh, the Google Maps. That, yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? That was a good find. That was really helpful, actually. Yeah. For, for anyone out there that... Show notes sorted for the first week, because I definitely want to check that out too. Um, yeah. What's the link? Show notes has been a, a problem. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Um, yeah, but we will have a website very shortly. I'm going to register the domain at some point, but it'll probably be freedevsnamaybe.com, and I have got my guy doing the design right now, so uh, oh, brilliant. Yeah, we'll be able to put all the show notes on there soon. So so if anyone's listening to this that actually might have intentions of buying that domain for us, then please don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I really didn't think of that, yeah. Uh, uh, co- copyright. I was, uh, I was Pains, F-R, E-Man, nice. M-Bud, uh, 4th November 2013. I'll just get 4hotmen.com. I'm sure that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's going. Yeah. Um, okay. One man who did have an exciting week, I know firsthand, is Fraser Hart, because I saw him in Leicester Square on Saturday night. Um, he certainly did. Um, it's completely unrelated to web development. <laughs> But Saturday, well, Saturday through into Sunday, I was in Leicester Square doing a, a 24-hour rollathon because um, in June next year, I'm rowing from California to Hawaii. So we were basically out doing a 24-hour row in, in the heart of London, just trying to raise a bit of awareness, tell people what we're doing and uh, raise a bit of money for, for our little expedition. That's awesome, man. You must have been knackered the next day. I was, yeah. I, physically, it wasn't as, as taxing as I, I was expecting it to be. The, the hard thing was the sleep deprivation, though, because we had a tent put up in the middle of Leicester Square. So, obviously, it's not the uh, the calmest place in the world to live and to, to spend the night. But, uh, yeah, so I had about an hour's sleep over over the weekend. and uh, But, yeah, more than made up for it last night. So, I was asleep for about 12 hours by the time I got off when I got home. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> nice. so kind of struggled through. But, uh, yeah, completely unrelated to Wednesday, but it was good. <laughs> What's it? I've never stayed up all night before. What's that like? But we should point out that you are uh, looking for uh, sponsorship, right? 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, we're, we're trying to get hold of uh, corporations that, that want to be involved in uh, in sponsoring our, our campaign. Basically, we're we're part of a race called the Great Pacific Race, um, and like I say, we're owned from California to Hawaii, um, and it's the first ever race of its kind in in that stretch of water. So, yeah, if there's any any corporations or you you personally want to donate to our campaign, then we'd be very much appreciative of of any help. And our website is PacificGrowers.com. It's a little little self plug in there. Awesome. How, thank you, Mike, for the donation as well. Very yeah, much no worries. No worries, man. Um, oh, well, yeah, I will as well. I will. Do. Yes, I will two plus one on that. Down yeah. straight. Well, I want to go hard, Zed. Quid, yeah? Yeah. Can I borrow 50p? How about you, Ed, the player man? What have you been up to this week? Uh, just many girls. Many girls. Many yeah. types, you know, many languages. Yeah. Uh, and as <laughs> time. Immutable state, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> How about the cooking? How's the cooking going? The cooking's going brilliant. Yeah, I, I did a roast yesterday. I mean, what more can you say, you know? Mate. You haven't picked up, well, it was I'm impressed. Meals, you know, for like many a year, and then let's do a, let's do a roast. Two weeks ago, you couldn't boil an egg, and now you're doing a roast. <laughs> I know how to dominate an egg. That's all I can say. There's <laughs> a caption. And that is yeah. a very funny... Anyway, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I probably won't repeat that to our viewers, viewers, <laughs> listeners. Uh, yeah. yeah we're, in, we're in YouTube now, yeah? How was your week? My week has been, yeah, not too bad. I can't really complain. Uh, kind of just busy at work, um, doing the whole Java thing on the side, trying to help a couple of guys with Java on the side as well, which has been yeah, fun. Yeah, how was that? It's really... It's really tough because some of these guys have never seen code in their lives and it's, well, pretty quite relevant for this actually, but if you've never seen code before your life, it, it's really intimidating, but it's like half the battle is in the mind, isn't it? So it's, it's just How trying to... doing Java and not sound like PHP? Because you start with PHP, so was it easier? Do you think it would have been easier for them to just start with PHP than going <sighs> to Java? It's really difficult to say, but I actually think Java is easier to start off with because... To me, it makes a lot more sense that, you know, all these things, you have to specify the data type. I like that. It makes it very clear that, you know, this is a number, this is a string. With PHP, you can just be so uh, so lazy with that, can't you? But yeah. like, maybe that makes it easier. I don't know. But certainly with Java as well, if you when you start out with the programming side, it's just all code. Whereas when you're doing the web and you're getting into the, the styling and everything, there's a lot more to learn all at once. Where with Java, if you're just starting out, it's great just to learn the logic of programming. Um, but you know, like I say, I, I have learned PHP first, so it's I'm probably a bit. It's hard to tell which I would have found easier. You know, going back, if I know knew nothing, it would be interesting to see which came easier. So, right, can I ask you a question? Yes, because <clears throat> I'm I'm obviously more PHP than anything else. So I've never really even looked at Java. Yeah. So what what could you, what would you say? Kind of say Java is used more for than PHP. Well, what would you say that you use it for more? The guys that I know who do it, you know, professionally, it tends to be banking. It seems to be like the go-to language for banking. But uh, okay, um, yeah, I mean, it's tricky, though, isn't it? Because everybody wants some sort of web presence, so you know, it's so much easier to use uh, something like PHP. But I guess back in the day, Java was great for you know building desktop applications, that kind of stuff. So from a practical side of things, I don't know actually what I use it for if I'm being honest, but I just love playing with it. It's just, uh, I don't know, a really good 
fun language to learn in my my opinion and you know like you say you you know you've not done java before but you would pick it up so easy because of your knowledge of php and, and especially if you know you know objects oriented php java will look so similar to you i mean the language is the syntax is practically identical yeah so you know it's like I say if you've learned php you can you can pick up java dead quick and uh it's just definitely a very highly sought after skill, isn't it? When you look at um, job adverts and stuff like that, there's a lot of Java developers um, that are being looked for. You know what? I mean, the, the thing is, like, I've had this conversation with you guys before several times, but like, I get the feeling sometimes, like, we say, oh, I'm a PHP developer, we don't get the respect that we deserve. Whereas, you know, you say, oh, I'm a Java developer, I think, I don't know, that people automatically get a bit of kudos for that, which is, to me, is illogical. I'm- Last one. Completely agree with that. Yeah, maybe PHP ten years ago or something. I love it. Bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> on. Yeah. I've seen a lot of articles recently that say PHP is a poorly written language, but I don't I really know what. It. It's meant to be. It was. It was just a couple of scripts first. That's what's lovely about it. It's. It's an evergreen language. Yeah, I guess you could say some of the consistencies or inconsistencies of PHP, like you know, we always talk about. Some of the functions. Um, this is probably going a bit too far now, but talking about the needle and the haystack, you know, yeah. which we get passing first, and that that changes. But but Java is like that as well. Like um, the other day, you know, for people who've not done any programming uh, with with Java, you have certain what we call methods that return certain things, and and some things that you have with arrays, you'll have something that returns the size of that array. So we know that we've got ten items in this collection. And you'll get different Java classes that have different terms for that. So you have one that says length and one that says size. So I think I can't imagine there's any language that's perfect that sure. its naming conventions are completely designed by necessary. committee, isn't it? Designed by committee, and the committee is always you know different what they want. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but um, anyone sort of played any decent plugins this week? Anything new or anything they think's worth a mention? The class that I've been using for my Whois script is is very good, but I'm still working on that one, so I'll probably give you more information on it the next time, I think. Sounds good. Yeah. What about you, Fraser? For me, but uh, I've been using a, a date time picker, um, which is an add-on to the, the standard date picker for jQuery UI, so it's been really useful just for the project I've been working on at the moment. Um, just, it's, it's just a simple little bit of functionality, but it adds on the uh, facility for a time picker onto the date picker, so um, yeah. I'd recommend that. I'll chuck that in the show notes. Um but yeah, apart from that, it's just been fairly standard week work-wise for me. Um, firing away on the same project I was talking about last week, um, which is the kind of the the web end to a app builder for an iPhone app. Um, that's just been submitted into the app store. I can't really talk about it too much at the moment until it goes out. But once it's out, I'll, I'll talk a bit more. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been fairly standard. Nice. It sounds like quite a long-term project that one, maybe. It is. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like a a, a business that. That is an offshoot of the company that I work for, so it's uh, yeah, mm. it's, it's certainly been a, a, a taxing one anyway. Nice. What about you, Ed Man? Anything new you've uh, you've discovered? Um, not so much. I have found a couple of articles which have hashtag with three devs pod pick, mm. which is uh, professional. Uh, but no, not really. Not really anything interesting plugin wise. Oh, I tell you what, I did see guys. Um, uh, PHPJS.org, I think it is. Oh. You you tweeted that and I tweeted that like a month ago. I swear because it is. Oh, awesome. did you? Yes, 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 yes. Oh man, sorry. PHPJS. No, it is awesome. I will. De- no, that is awesome. Good find again, sir. 
it looks a bit almost a little bit lazy like it's like well I can't be able to learn the equivalent way of doing it in JavaScript so I'll just use this no I don't need a prototypical language I want PHP everywhere <laughs> nice seriously yeah, that's crazy yeah it was really useful because I just needed to get something done quick and I think the particular function I was looking for was like R trim or something like that and I was like oh, I can't be bothered to write this all out myself and I just did like equivalent R trim uh, JS and Google and it just came up with this this library it was well so someone's taken all those functions and converted them to JavaScript yeah I don't know if, if he's done them all or how many he's done but um, yeah definitely like all the, the core ones that are in there it's a real kind of time saver for me so, oh, I might have to have a cheeky look at that. Yeah, yeah, definitely well worth a look. So, we are going to have a look at in this week. That's pretty mixed up English. Um, we're going to look at the very, very basics now of getting started with PHP. I think we sort of discussed some of the concepts and you know how to get into PHP the other week, but now we're going to look at some of the nitty gritty, but only at a very basic level. We don't want to confuse any of our uh, listeners at this time, so don't be afraid. Uh, don't be afraid. This is going to be very, very sort of basic. But one of the things I guess we did touch on very slightly last week was setting up a local environment. I think I told you guys the story. Like I had no idea of local environments when I started out, and I, I literally the first thing I did I think was went spent two hundred quid on, on hosting, which was regrettable. But there's so many tools out there now. I guess we should um, have a, a talk about them now. Um, I guess who wants to start off? Is someone want to talk about? Who's, a, who's more Windows? Have we got any Windows guys here? I was a dev environment on Windows, but I tried to to set one up when back when I was working on Classic ASP for a project that I was working on. And, mm. and to be honest, I can't even remember the process. And it's irrelevant anyway because it was it's a, a Windows environment rather than a PHP environment. So mm. in terms of uh, Doing it on a, a Windows machine, I'm completely unqualified to talk to you about mail closed. I can I can talk about that. Everett. Um, yeah, well, I, I was using I was using Windows all the way up until probably the beginning of this year in, in my current job, um, where now they all use Mac. So I'm now I now should point out I'm a Mac convert, Yay. and um, definitely recommend that over Windows. To be honest, I don't know if you guys agree with that. Hell yeah. <clears throat> um, but however, if you have obviously already spent the money on a PC, there. Um, there are two main sort of um, local servers that I found. One was called WAMP, and the other one was called XAMP. Um, I think XAMP, if you Google it, I think you can get the download from, um, I think it's called ApacheFriends.org or something like that. Ed will know. <laughs> Is that it, Ed? Have we lost? Yeah, Apache, uh, I know that, that I am. <laughs> uh, yes, I think it is. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's probably not uh, the yeah, one I'd recommend. Yeah, patchfriends.org. Um, yeah. What I would recommend if you're if you're on Windows is to look up WAMP, just because the configuration of it is so much easier, um, and everything there is um, is more accessible than with XAMP. With XAMP, there's a bit more, um, there's a few more kind of screens you have to go to to get to where you want to set up all your configuration. But with WAMP, it's nice and easy. Um, so yeah, I mean the basic installation process is literally just Google uh, Google WAMP, and I think the, the download site is WAMPserver.com. In fact, yes, it is here. Um, rather than explaining how to download it, there's a million tutorials on YouTube. Um, as I said last time, there's anything you really need to learn you can find on YouTube or or by just Googling it. So all the information's there. Um, download WAMP, get it all configured on your computer, and that's it. You're pretty much away to go. Um, 
is there yeah. any uh, obvious difference between Examp and, and um, WAMP? Just the, the the thing with me that made the most difference is literally once once it's open, mm. um, you can right click on it and you've just got easy access to restart your Apache server and get into your PHP INI and stuff and like that. Whereas with X, uh, sorry, the extensions as well. I think in uh, WAMP. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, whereas with Xam, yeah, there's a, you open up more of a control panel where you've then got to navigate through some some other bits. So it just made it a lot quicker for me when I found WAMP, and I, I found the performance of it a lot better as well. So that would be my recommendation. And then for for Mac, obviously uh, MAMP, which I think is the main one. I think you can get WAMP and some of the other ones on Mac, but uh, MAMP's mm. generally the most used one, I believe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's what I, I used before. Um, was brilliant but uh i guess um the point of all these is that they're all doing the same thing there they're creating what we call a lamp environment and again this was another sort of terminology that i had no idea about when i was first looking for web development jobs and i kept seeing these jobs saying understanding of lamp and i literally didn't apply for a lot of jobs because i was like well i have no idea about lamp you know i i didn't know if it was like a different programming language or what i had no idea but um, maybe Ed Mann could go through what LAMP is. So, so LAMP is just a it's just it's just Linux, Apache, MySQL, and PHP. So it is really all you. Yeah, it, it, it's like let's just be cool and make LAMP because LAMP's funny, and WAMP and you know MAMP. Let's just be funny with it, you know, and <laughs> get it to you know what we want. And what we want is Apache because we want a web server. We want MySQLs, we want a database, and we want PHP because we want a language that actually does anything with these things. So now there really is nothing special about it. But I, as you say, no, you're right because a lot of a lot of job, you know, like adverts and stuff, they just they whip out WAMP, LAMP, and MAMP and stuff, and they just peep, you know, it, it can definitely think, oh, hang on, a minute, that looks like another language. I mean, PHP, yeah, PHP, yeah, you yeah. Know, it, it doesn't sound, you know, it's exactly the same. So it does look, sound like a language. But essentially what these tools do, for anyone who doesn't have a clue, is basically you can then open up a web browser and you'll get a specific address to go to, but it's usually, you know, like, I don't know, uh, localhost slash 8080. And then you can see your PHP in action. So you don't have to FTP it up to your your £200 uh, hosting account that you've just paid for. You can literally just do it in your own feel good about, Which you feel good about, you know, you're online. You know, you definitely need that. For It felt like when I joined that gym and then went once in a year. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, quitting so hard. Was, you know? Yeah, it was that kind of feeling. Uh, pretty painful. But but these tools, are, are, they're really quite user-friendly, I'd say. I mean, I think for anyone who you download it, it's fairly self-explanatory. And, and usually you'll, um, depending on w- that process. WAMP is particularly... It's very straightforward. Yeah, yeah. And it's nice, obviously, that you've got um, you've got the GUI SQL clients built in and all that stuff, like PHP, my admin to help you work with your databases and and whatever. I mean, you can you can learn raw SQL as well and just work with it like that if you want. But generally, with SQL, you need something like PHP, my admin, or SQL Pro to to make databases a lot more easier to work with. I think. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I completely agree. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a great tool, and usually you've got like a, it's pretty obvious. You you have a folder called htdocs or public HTML, and you just put all your code in there, and it reads from that folder, and you're up and away. It really is 
quite simple, but I guess us guys talking about it in a podcast doesn't make it sound that simple. So we'll uh, we'll try and find some resources and put it in our, our show notes afterwards, I guess. So uh, this kind of really brings us on to what to do. Now you've got this local environment, what to do. Um, and I think this is the bit where we were going to talk about some of the very basics and, and what you can do. Um, I guess one of the, the simple things that most people do of any language when they're first getting started is a Hello World script, um, which when you first start out is quite satisfying, I guess. But uh, all you do to have a Hello World script is an opening PHP tag and uh, what we call echo, which is just a function that, that just spits out text, whatever you give it. So that's that's probably the very first page you want to build. Um, and we should probably just discuss, uh, I want to call them primitive types, but um, things like integers and booleans and, and what they do. So I don't know, who fancies talking about some of the uh, data types and stuff with PHP? It's a deadly Car crash podcast. No, I'll jump in. <laughs> it's, di- it's difficult when we can't all see each other. And yeah, yeah, whatever. of course, yeah. I'll, I'll jump in and do a couple. So um, I'll do integer. Uh, that's basically a whole number, which is basically it's. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's got, uh, I was about to say single digit number, but it's not a single digit number. It can be basically anything from one to three hundred and twenty-two or fifty-six. What's Ed? You'll know the upper limit. I probably should know this, but <laughs> oh god, no, mate, no way. There's the upper limit. It's like. Yes. I'd say it's a million, it's like yeah. something or other. Okay, so you can go one up to 32 something or other, uh, 32 million something, or 32 million characters, or I don't know, it's a big number. It's not worth worrying about. Use it for something like number of cows, or number of parrots, or number of tomatoes, um, rather than one pound fifty six. Um, so it's, it is your whole numbers, so you, yeah, anything with a decimal, it wouldn't be the answer. It, it would be an integer if it was, if you were counting something, or if it was a, a certain number of, of something. If it was always going to be a whole number. Yeah. So I guess um, probably one of the things we should mention is that how we use this data types to communicate with each other and add variables together and stuff like that. So a variable is is something that we assign a value to, and then we can refer back to that later in the script. So we might have a variable called person or person name and that person name equals ed or it might be equals five i don't know what that'd be a person's name but you can assign a value to that variable that you can then reference forever in your script and the idea with these variables is that you don't want to be writing out the same things over and over again if you can you want to keep it dynamic and be able to reuse your code as much as possible so but like they're placeholders, pretty much, aren't they? They're just you know places places to put you know content that you have. Thanks for bailing me out there because I was getting a right mess. But um, yeah, um, so you could have you could have a variable that equals ten and a variable that equals twelve, and then you can then add those variables together and make another variable that you know yep. is you know, maybe C a variable C from A to A and B that equals whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, sorry, go. No, I was going to say, I think, yeah, this is this would be a good time to kind of bring in the don't repeat yourself concept, which is obviously very important with programming. And that's uh, one of the main reasons variables are used, obviously. So uh, yeah. if, if from an early stage programming websites, you know, the, if you can get to a situation where you're not reusing the same code over and over, um, the quicker you can kind of get into those habits, the better. Um, 
and it'll really benefit you with speed and everything in the long term because when it comes to upgrading or changing something on a website, you then obviously the the better you've coded it in the first place, the less less changes you need to make to to have a bigger difference. One hundred percent. And you know what? Even this week, I've been working on code that's probably been built by developers who've been in the business for four or five years, and they've literally got ten lines of code at the top and then repeated those ten lines of code like you know 20 lines down and it's Ooh. just so painful yeah. but that it, makes you feel a little bit weird doesn't it yeah you're, you always have to bear in mind someone else might might be working with your code one day so yeah and you don't want to you, you can make you, know, it. you don't want to think you know it's, you know cuss words at you you know when they're starting to use your code yeah <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and i guess you know one thing is learning php we don't want to uh you know get bogged down in it but if you start learning good principles straight off, it will serve you so well when you get a job in, as a web developer or, or whatever you want to do. Uh, get the key, the core principles down now, like like Lewis says with the dry uh, principle, don't repeat yourself. If you do that straight away, then you'll make life a lot easier for you uh, for yourself later. And, and one of the ways, obviously, you can do that is by creating functions, but we'll come on to that in a little bit, so... Probably still got some of the other basic stuff to to look at, which I guess another important type for us with PHP would be uh, a Boolean. Who would want to field that one? I'll do that. It's nice and easy. It's just true or false. <laughs> true or false? Yes or no. That's it. Nice and simple. Can you give us a, a example of when you might want to do that? Like... Yeah, so no, it's pretty much, yeah, so it's validation maybe, you know, like you want to just check some input and you just want, you know, like any having a statement, which we haven't gone to yet, but, you know, you just say, look, hey, if this validation is true, then please, you know, insert it into the database maybe. And it's just the true or false. Yeah. Is, is somebody logged in? I guess, um, you know, we, it's more, definitely with Java, you get, you know, lots of different data types you really get bogged down with and it's very, very specific. With PHP, I guess, We've probably covered the main ones, sort of strings and integers. And yeah, so you've got strings, integers, booleans, and then just uh, floats or doubles, which is just, as, as Fraser was saying, you know, like two pound or, you know, two dot, and then, you know, another, a frac, you know, on it, so two pound fifty or something. Yeah, absolutely. So I think if you've got a good concept of those, you could build quite a basic website at this point. Obviously, we're, you know, we've not touched on and we won't just yet on the interacting with our a database but just with that with php with just those basic data types you can start printing out information and just familiar familiarize yourself with those concepts i guess so i think once you've got a gist of those one of the things that you then have to move on to is conditional statements and that's where the fun starts that's where yeah. the programming actually starts where you actually can let the, you know let the computer do what you want it to do that's the crux of it yeah, exactly. Because we, you know, we don't want to. We want the experience for one user to be different to the other. We don't want to greet Joe Blogs with a different name. We want to give them like a specific name or something like that. We might want to say, well, you know, if they're, I have to care where I go here, but if they're over eighteen years old, then maybe display them this content. If they're not, display them this other content. Yeah. Um, that's a really bad example, but if uh, conditional statements allow us to do that, and I guess the very basic one is the if statement. Anyone fancy filled in that? Is it my turn? I think it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Well, yeah, basically the three main conditionals there. You've got an if statement, um, an if-else statement, and a switch statement. Um, I guess we could go with Mike's naming analogy. So say we've got Ed and Dave. So basically, if it, you would use a conditional to basically test the, the state of your code at that particular moment in time. So if, if person one is Ed, do this. Or else do do something else. So it's always checking to see a particular state of the code at that particular moment. Um, the if else is very very similar. Um, it's probably the one I use the least out of all of those. But it's kind of say you've got um, you've got Ed and you've got Kim, and and it can only be Ed or Kim. Um, then basically you could say if person is Ed, else if person is Kim test to see if it's either of those conditionals and if it's neither of those then you would put the else on the end as a kind of a default um, to that and then switch statement which is one of the ones I use the most um, say each each person gets assigned a different permission for a login or something like that um, you'll have an, an array of names which um, arrays we'll come on to in a moment but say we've got Mike, Fraser, Lewis and Ed um, all cast under the variable name of, of person or something like that. So you'd have a switch statement with uh, with person at the start of it. And then you have um, a case and a break. So you would you would list the cases for each person. So case Lewis, do this, and then break to break to get out of the switch statement. Uh, case Fraser, do this. Case Ed, do this. That's good for when you're, um, you're testing quite a few things at the same time, I would say. Um, yeah, probably the one I, I use the most, I would say, out of those. Um, does that make sense? Is there anything I need to... I thought that was pretty good. That? Um, I guess, yeah, no, I thought that was really good. I guess one of the things we should say is we were talking about the, the Boolean and, you know, true or false values. Basically, that's what the, the if statement is doing. It's saying, well, if this evaluates to true. So it's exactly the same as if we put yeah. if 2 equals 2. Um, well, okay, or if 2 equals equals 2. Um, it's just checking to see whatever is inside of those parentheses is true. If it's true, then you'll operate what's in between your two square brackets. And again, I, I appreciate that it's going to be really hard to understand this listening to a podcast. So we will, you know, try and back this up with um, some resources to uh, to have a look. But that's essentially what we're doing. Um, sorry, Lou, did you just mention about the switch statement? Yes, I did, yeah. I was just looking at the barrage of abuse that was coming through Skype, so I got a bit distracted. Yeah, no, uh, yeah that was basically where, um, where where you have a scenario where there could be sort of more than one more than one outcome, um, whereas you might just use an if or an if else for that, saying a, a switch statement, um, and saying oh, there's a yeah. case for each one, and then you would go off to whichever part of the code from there, depending on, on what was passed in. Absolutely. Very useful for front-end controllers for that. Definitely is further on, but yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'm so glad our uh, listeners can't actually see what's going on in uh, the Skype message window. Um, yeah. So I think that's a pretty good um, wrap-up of if statements and, and how they work. And I guess a slightly more uh, complex subject, and I guess we are moving through quite fast, but um, like I say, we will back these up with resources and stuff, but it's a really good idea to get familiar with the idea of an array, um, what they are, how we use them, why they're important. Anyone fancy taking that? 
think Fraser's definitely due. Yeah. Right, folks, so I'm talking about Erasia. Yeah. I was a bit distracted there, but yeah, so an array, uh, it acts as a yeah, as a variable, so you can assign values to it. But the, the thing that's special about an array is that you can assign multiple values. Um, so you can have, say you had price of apples, um, and if you say you had three different types of apples, you could have three items in there. So you could have uh, price of apples, one price of apples, two price of apples, 3.5. So you'd have one pound, two pound, and three pound 50. And then you could then access the, those values in the array by referencing their position in there. So you could have um, my apples in then in square brackets. You could have zero, which would bring back the first the first um, item. And the important thing to know is is that they're they're zero based arrays. So even though you've got three items in there, it's basically listed as zero one two. So your array size would be three, but it would start at zero. So your highest number would always be two. Um, and then you've so. We, as well as normal arrays we've just talked about, we've also got these things called associative arrays. Uh, these allow you to assign key value pairs, as, as we call them. So your key is basically the title, and then the value is, is obviously the value that you want to store. So say we were storing um, the details of people along with their age. We could say, um, my, my user, Ed, 25. So we could refer to Ed as 25. And then say we've got Michael in there as well. We could have my user, Michael, and then the value for that could be 32. And then we'd have my user, um, Lewis, and 31, for instance. Oh, and then you can then go on to refer to those values in the array. So instead of using my eight or my users zero and my users one and my users two to, to get those ages, actually do my users Michael, and then I'll bring back 32. And then my users Lewis, which will bring back 31. Um, and it's just a, a lot more intuitive way of, of working with values when you know what, what is actually contained within, within that array. Nice. Brilliant. Precisely explained there, Fraser. Thank you. Very nice. Well for now. Yeah, and I guess um, with both those arrays, we can do uh, a loop on those. So uh, I think Fraser was saying about how you can reference an array item or uh, something in the array by doing array square bracket zero or square brackets one. But we might have an instance where we want to actually go through every single item in that array. There could be multiple purposes for that. Maybe we want to print out a table of all users so the user can see how many members we've got in a table or something like that. Or maybe we want to, we might if we might be storing a load of objects in there so we can then call a method on that object. Or the, the possibilities are, you know, endless and probably beyond the scope of this podcast. But the idea is with any programming languages, there's always a requirement to to have a collection you, you're always going to have that whether it's listing products in a shop listing members in a database there's, there's always going to be that requirement and these loops that we're talking about the while loop the for loop the for each loop all the languages i've come across so far have have this in them um i can't remember back to classic ksp what the syntax is but they definitely have them right i remember the while loop and and there is yeah there's i think there's is it while not well, yeah. Too wild. While not too wild. Yeah. Wow. I'll stop moving next loop. That was for like three years. <laughs> yeah, but you're always going to have this if you're a web developer and you, you're building professional websites. You're always going to have a, a requirement to to store things in a collection, and as part of that, you'll need a, a way of looping through them and accessing them. So. 
these are really big concepts for web development. Once you've got these concepts, you've, you've mastered a lot of it. Um, there's not a lot you can't do once you've got the once you've mastered these if conditions and these 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 sort of looping through arrays. It's such a core part of the language, I, I would say. Um, I guess the, the one that really always is is quite different is the for loop because of the way that you're you're going free. You're not actually you're not saying you're not doing an action for every one of the array. You're actually determining how long that for loop goes on for. Um, Lewis, do you want to talk about a for loop and how that works? Uh, yeah, the time, there's only really one time that I tend to use that, and that's if if I'm doing if I'm making a page where I'm going to be displaying like a number of images. So say like I, I know I'm going to be having three rows of three images. Um, I will basically create a for loop, um, and outside the for loop, you, you, you obviously you need to know how, how many you're starting from. How many you're um, you're incrementing or de- or decrementing the loop by each time, and then the maximum number so that it knows the number of times to go through that loop. So, in this in that situation, I would declare a variable perhaps called count outside of the for loop, which would be it, which would be set to one yeah. as its opening value, and then inside the the for loop uh, conditional inside the parentheses, I would say for count equals one, and then semicolon count is less than or equal to nine and then another semicolon and then count plus plus and that's literally all i need to do and then whatever i put inside of that loop is going to repeat itself nine times so then i i would just put some sort of basic html style to whatever container size the images are going to be within that within that for loop so that's that's pretty much the main time that i use it to uh, to save myself manually repeating sort of html code for things like that so yeah, that's that's, that's that's obviously there's there's many other uses for it, but that's that's one the practical use for it that I have. Pretty solid explanation there or description. No worries. I guess um, one of the things that people listen to us now will be thinking, well, we've just discussed uh, free loops, essentially the while loop, the for loop, and the for each loop. Although I don't, think, I guess we didn't really go into the for each loop too much. Um, Ed, do you want to tackle that one? I'll happily take that because that, that is actually quite easy. It's the easiest one, right? It is the easiest one because all the for each loop is is I'm just going to iterate over every single object. That's yeah. pretty much it. That so is. say you've got a, a bunch of users, uh, zero index maybe Fraser, uh, you know, up till you know two index maybe um, you know Lewis or Kim, and yeah, you just for each loop over it and you say for each one of these I want to do this and you just get the object back or you know the instance back of what you've got. Absolutely, uh, but. This raises the point, you know, that we just talked about these free loops, and for the users who've never used them before, it's like, well, why is a free? Which one do I use? Um, that is a lose-lose situation there, because yeah, because the while loop, you could actually do everything with the while loop that you could do with the for loop. No, no, sorry, the other way around. Sorry, you could everything with the for loop. For loop is just a fancy while loop, really. It just it gives you that benefit of having the the incremental the index. Yeah, it, ha- it has that syntactic it, it, syntactic sugar, really, which is that it just looks prettier. You know, the fact that it's all in one line, you can understand it, and and many people from many languages can understand, you know, the basic idea of where things are. Because a while you could do the same, because a while it just needs the condition to when am I going to loop through? Because it's just a go-to, pretty much. If I go back up here and do this again, yeah, but no, uh, yeah, it is tough. 
Um, normally, with a, a while loop is normally for something where you don't, you're not, arrays normally you will chuck in with a four. A four, if you want to know where their index is, such as which was, uh, Lewis was talking about, which was the, you know, the idea of like, I need to know where the last, you know, item of image say is, or the first item is or something, or maybe you've got a mod on there where you need to know every so many items I need to put a line in, etc. Uh, a while loop is probably useful the most where you're actually probably inputting information, where I need to know, look, while this person still is input information, ask them what they want, etc., etc. And then the 4-H loop is just a nice, easy way to just say, look, hey, I just want to go through every single item in this array or iterator. Yeah, so basically, so those, those are your basic loops there. Um and the final part of PHP that we're probably going to discuss today is PHP functions. Um, and functions are very, very useful. The, the sooner you can get on to using these, the better. Um, I mentioned earlier on about saving yourself the need to write code repeatedly. Um, this is where functions come in very, very handy. Um, PHP itself provides um, a fair few sort of uh, functions for you to use, such as um, the date function, where you can literally just pass in some values to that, and it will convert it to to certain date types. Um, you can also use functions like include and then pass in a page and then you can you can include another page in the current page that you're using. Um, and yeah, there are there are many others that you can that you can discover and you will discover the more and more you work with PHP. Um, and yeah, so you can basically there's two things that you can do with functions. You can either pass in parameters or pass in no parameters at all. Um, for example, let's uh, so what you you might you might have um, a, a a portion of code um, which is going to crop up at, at all parts um, throughout your site. It doesn't need to be dynamic because it's always going to be the same. Such as maybe like a copyright statement. So you might want to put that in the footer of your website as well in various divs. So what you would do is you would create the syntax uh, function my copyright, for example, with my copyright being the name of the function open and close bracket, open and close parenthesis, and then in there um, you would echo whatever your copyright was, for example. And then whenever you wanted to refer to that in your text, you would just, in your website, you would just literally uh, write the name of the function with open and close brackets and then a semicolon, and then that would repeat whatever's inside that function wherever you need it in the code. Um, so that's if you're not going to use parameters. More often than not, when you create a function, you will use parameters because... Um, that's what you need to make them dynamic. Um, and a basic example of that would be like an add function. So function add uh, with maybe two parameters inside it. So inside of the brackets, you'll have value one, comma, value two. Um, and then, so the yeah, so if that function's called add inside of there, you would have maybe a variable called result equals value one plus value two. And then underneath, you could either you could either echo that value, so it would print to the screen, um, which is probably not recommended, um, or you could return that value, so you can actually get a value that you can work with in your code elsewhere. Um, so yeah, they're basically then to to call that you would write you would anywhere in your code you wanted to use that function, um, you would call add and then pass in whatever you want, so three and one, and then if that would return four. So that's yeah, so that's your basic examples, and it has a million uses. That's a great explanation, and I think, um, it, like you say, you, you've mentioned this point a few times, but it's really worth hammering home is that if you want to be a good developer and you want to have a good reputation, you want to be the guy that's producing the clean code, that, that the guy next to you just looks at your code and he's like, I understand completely what that's doing. 
um, and they can understand it and read it really easy. And if you do that, then you know you you do a good job as a developer. And you get respect to your peers there, and that that's what you want. Yeah, absolutely yeah, agree. Absolutely, and you know I I speak to people all the time, and the guy that I work with at the moment, you know he's you know spent a lot of time working on some old legacy code, and he's literally just going through and just chopping out huge chunks of code that are just used over and over again and just, you know, putting everything into functions. Um, dry. Yeah. Dry mm-hmm. and the Boy yeah. Scouts rule. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, what is the Scouts rule? That is actually a very good thing you taught me. Oh, I'm, I'm glad I, you asked. I buy it, buy it now as much as I can. <laughs> so the Boy Scouts rule is where you, you never leave the campsite in more of a mess than when you got there. So when you're going into Legacy Code, if you see something that's not right, Rather than think, oh, well, I'll just leave it. It might be working. I'll just leave it. You actually do the responsible thing and tidy it up. So it might be... Don't pro- want to compound the mess. Don't want to compound the mess at all. Exactly. And, you know, the other analogy that I've heard people use is, like, the whole, you know, graffiti at a bus station. Um, you know, the councils, they want to get that, that tidied up as soon as possible because if not, then people think it's acceptable and, and the next bus stop gets graffiti. I like that. I really do. That is very good. So, exactly. So the idea is that bad code breeds bad code so yeah. you want to be the developer who builds his reputation on cleaning up code and producing clean responsible code because yeah, um, if everyone sees you doing you know the right thing they're going to do the right thing exactly you want to be the guy that you know is is leading the way and inspiring the other people how to do it so that is the boy scout rule no, i like that i like that a lot um yeah it was worth mentioning now when we're talking about functions because you know functions definitely a good way of doing that I guess one thing that we should talk about, and, and to be honest with you, this kind of confuses me, and I probably get bogged down with it. And you know, the reality is it actually doesn't really matter. But you know, it's certainly in like a in the object orientation um, sort of way. I mean, how do we differentiate between a function and a method? I mean, can we say literally that the function inside of a class blueprint that makes it a method? Or oh, it's tough. Fun- functions, me- methods. No, you normally class a method which is inside an object. So, hello world, you know, you have your objects and then you have your methods. Fun- a method is a function. A function is something that just produces a result. Yeah. So, I would class, I mean, I would suppose you could generalize everything as a function, which is something that is a repeatable bit of code where, you know, like as Lewis was saying with the add, you know, you know, have A and B or value one and value two, and you just return a result. Um, a method, a method you normally class as being something that is in, is inside an object, where maybe you have an object which is user, and then you have a method inside that maybe add, which is add a user or something that's along those lines. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I thought, but yeah, it's worth sort of clearing up, I guess. So, and you know, we haven't really touched OO yet, anyway. So um, it's probably not really worth thinking about at this stage, but. Yeah, I think we've covered a lot of ground actually today on the very basics of PHP and and like um, I know Lewis was saying before the podcast that it's very hard to explain this stuff um, just through audio. You know, you really have to get your teeth into the code and and we'll hopefully give some good examples if we can find, you know, some links. But I guess at the end of the day, places like W3Schools, like we say, will will show you how to do a lot of these things. Well, all of them probably. So, but I think if, if... you know, people get the concepts and understand everything we talked about today. Then, you know, you're, you've gone a long way um, 
to uh, to becoming a good developer, I guess. So. And I think in terms of compounding what, what we're trying to, to say to people as well, I think the best thing for, for any anyone who's trying to learn code, to, to the best thing they could ever do is actually just get your hands dirty and, and, and start coding. And then if you'll come across problems that you need to find solutions to, and when you come across those problems, you'll you'll naturally have to come into, into some of the stuff that we're talking about. And then it, absolutely the best way of, of learning is by doing it yourself. Um, so I, I'd say to anyone, Get a get a goal in mind. If there's if there's any kind of an application you want to put together or any kind of a website you want to put together, um, start working on it even from the ground up. So even with whatever limited knowledge you may have now, um, keep working and start banging code out. And then once once you get to to the hurdles, then then you'll you'll automatically be drawn to to these these things that we're going to be talking about. And and yeah, it's just honestly the best way of learning. Yeah, absolutely. And you know everything we talked about today, you will have to do at some point or another. You, it will just come naturally. You'll have a requirement to do that. I mean. The idea of using a programming language is that it, it makes things easier for you. You don't want to have to, you know, write out a paragraph every time for if you're listing out a user. It's so much nicer if you can do something in a loop. So you're just echoing it out every time that you you iterate through a collection. Um, but yeah, I mean, these things all come up, at, at, you know, naturally at some point. So hopefully that that just explains some of the concepts and some of the uh, the ideas behind why we use collections and and functions and and all the other stuff. So, uh, but like I say, worth just looking at a lot of the resources and we'll, we'll hopefully put some stuff in the show notes. So that probably covers us for this week. Unless anyone else thinks they've got anything that they'd uh, like to add to that or... Just find us on, uh, what's our, our Twitter handle? Three, Devs, Chemical yes. D, and a maybe. Yeah, absolutely. And we be with, as in the number three, the integer three, if you will. So hark <laughs> back to earlier in the show. <laughs> absolutely and we will hopefully have a website soon but we'll uh we'll keep you posted on that front but um yeah and anyone who does download the podcast if you could review it um that'd be awesome perhaps not this week but uh few podcasts <laughs> oh this week definitely but we're, we're, we're legit people yeah and there's probably gonna be about 20 minutes left after i've edited all the uh all the 18 what? stuff but uh yeah absolutely but we really would like some feedback so uh that'd be good Cool. All right. Thanks, everyone, for uh, listening. And uh, we'll be back, hopefully, within the next couple of weeks. Hey, Mike, try right. let's fade the music back in to end the show. Oh, hello. All right. Let's do this. Uh, Bye. Cheers, everyone. Hey. Love ya. Rock and roll. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Oh, I'm not doing this.